John chapter 12. Starting in verse 20, it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. I don't know what these Greeks were looking for. All I know is they wanted to see Jesus. They were obviously believers of sort because they're here at a Jewish festival. But they wanted to see Jesus and so Philip and Andrew, they go to Jesus and talk about the request and immediately Jesus says, you know what? The hour has come for me to be glorified. Unless a kernel of wheat dies, it will only remain a single seed. But when it dies, it produces many seeds. And then he makes a statement. Where I am, my servant will also be. I wonder if any of those Greeks were privy to that conversation there. Hey, we want to see Jesus. He's teaching all these great things. Isn't that good? And then he tells them, you know what? You want to see me? Then where I am, you need to be. Well, where are you going? Sacrifice. That's where I'm going. I wonder if that was the picture they were looking for about Jesus. Where I am, there my servant also will be. This is a weekend that we honor sacrifice. Memorial Day weekend. And it's a weekend that the word sacrifice is meaningful and is important. And it's really something that practically everyone goes, that is good. But how about the other 364 days of the year? How often do we use the term sacrifice as this is good? What happens oftentimes, it becomes a word that people shy away from. And especially we as disciples ought to be people that run toward that word, run toward that concept. And the only reason we do it is not to prove anything to anyone. We do it because Jesus, our Lord, said, Where I am, there my servant will be also. He was there in sacrifice. So Sheridan Wright's got to be there in sacrifice. That is the path that's set before me. That is the path I said I want to follow. That is the path I am following. And it's great. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But I want you to know something. I also have two other paths that are very prominent that are always open to me. There's the path of the parasite. Now, I can choose that. Now that's, uh, you know what a parasite is. A parasite is an animal that lives off of the life of another animal and contributes nothing in return. It just is there sucking the life and contributes nothing in return. 
That's a path that's open to me. I can look at the church as this is totally for me. I'll come do this, but I will not contribute a thing. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about self. And you know what? That's very prevalent in America. That kind of is our culture, right? We're entitled. We're self-centered. Everything revolves around us. So the path that's open to us, if I want to take it, is let me just come. What can I get? But I am not going to give anything back. I'm going to depend on the life of this and not contribute anything in return. It's the path of the parasite. And that's open to me and I can take that if I want. There's another path. It's a path of boutique Christianity. This is where you really are looking for one aspect about Christianity and you'll be very supportive of that. And that's open, you know. I need to get my marriage right. Wow, they have a marriage retreat. They talk about marriage. I'm going to come and be a part of this because my marriage. I want to know how to raise kids. I need to do that. I want friends. I need to do that. I want to get married. Let me go do that. I mean, it's a boutique approach to Christianity. There's a one unique specialty. But while that's open to me, I don't even consider, what is your will, God? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? To follow him every day of my life. Those thoughts don't come in because I'm so consumed with the one thing that I want. And again, here in our culture, Western culture, that's readily available, isn't it? We can do that. So the three paths. Which one do I choose? The path of the parasite? The path of boutique Christianity? Or the path of Jesus, which is the path of sacrifice. Now, sacrifice. It's received such a bad name. And yet Jesus says, Sheridan, you want to be my servant? Yes, Lord, I do. You want to live with me forever? Yes, Lord, I do. Do you want the forgiveness of sin and the infilling of the Holy Spirit and to be empowered to live a life you were created to live? Yes, Lord, I do. Good. Then you be where I am. You be in this path of sacrifice. It will cost you everything you have and you are and you hope to be, but you end up where you were created to be. This sacrifice is actually a door of freedom. It's coming back to who I was created to be. It's where I don't have to carry on the anxieties, the pressures of this world. That is God's business. But I belong to Christ. So where he is, there I am as well. Let me just read some of these scriptures here. First of all, I just want to... Don't turn to him. Ramon, I'm going to give your fingers a rest because I'm going to do this really quick, okay? Um, First of all, what's so glorious about Christ's sacrifice? Well, you could even go back in uh, John the 12th chapter. And what did Jesus say? He says, if a man wants to save his life, he'll lose it. But if he hates his life in this world, not hates himself, but it's like this world has nothing that's going to entrap my heart. I belong to God. If he does that, you know what he shares in? The same thing Jesus said. That when he dies, he dies to his own desires and wants, his life multiplies and influences hundreds, thousands. And you think, me? What could I do? Oh my goodness, do you think Ananias was thinking that when he was trying to talk with Saul of Tarsus? Who am I, Lord? In fact, he tried to talk God out of that. 
I'm not the guy for this. And yet, millions of people following Christ today, because Ananias said, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll baptize him. Ananias died to his fear, died to his selfishness, died to his entitlement, and millions heard the gospel of Christ. Wow, that's what sacrifice does. We honor those that sacrifice for this country, and we honor them by saying, we live, we get to do things today because of the sacrifice they did. How much more in Christ? Your life is multiplied over and over and over again. I have people come up and thank me. He goes, you're my grandfather in the faith. How did I do that? He said, well, you studied the Bible so-and-so who studied the Bible with me somewhere way over here. I've got people all over, and that's just me. You've got people like that too. Your life is making a difference. Sacrifice is glorious. It's the where Christ is. Listen to Hebrews 6, 10 through 12. Just listen, don't worry. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. God does not forget anything I do. He notices and sees it. Mark 10 verses 28 through 31 after Jesus told the rich young ruler sell everything you have, give to the poor then come follow me. Then Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied no one has left home or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Peter's thinking, oh my goodness, I've given up everything for you. Jesus goes, you know what? Anything you think you give up right. is multiplied hundred times more. I can remember uh, my son, Dan, going on a Hope Youth Corps in San Francisco. I'm here in New York. Something happened. They weren't with the Youth Corps. They decided to do some, uh, go see a, a friend's house or something. But there was a big incident that happened there. And Dan was stranded. And I am 3,000 miles away. So what did I do? I called up Ron, a brother I know in San Francisco. He drove, he got my son, done deal safe. You know why that happened? The Lord Jesus Christ. I've got homes, brothers, sisters all over. John Markowski and Arlene came back from Indonesia and they were hosted by Charles and Lily Ham. They're in Jakarta, Indonesia. I have a place to go in Jakarta, Indonesia. I'm, we're talking about a Central Florida boy here. Where in the world did he ever end up with something like that? That's just God. Got a call a few years back. A couple years back, we were living in Harlem. Got a call, and I think it was either Slava or maybe Sean Wooten, says, Sheridan, there is a couple, a family, from the Kiev church 
stranded at JFK. They missed their, you know, the flight was late. They got there. They missed their flight. There wasn't going to be anything else for the next day. Can you get them? Deb and I drove. We went. We got them. We came. They barely spoke English. And Leanna knows how my Russian is. Non-existent, right? But it didn't matter. Same heart. Same spirit. And here's a family. A young couple with two kids. They were safe. Why is that? Because... 42 years ago, I gave up everything and God's given me a home and allowed me to be a home to people from Kiev, the Ukraine. Can you believe? I can talk about Japan. I can talk about Africa. I can talk about the Caribbean. I can talk about South America. I can talk about all of it. And you can too. And Jesus says, everything you've given up, you will not fail. That's what he said. That's not what I'm saying. That's what he said. Oh, sacrifice is good. Sacrifice is good. And then, in Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40, don't worry, uh, you guys just read. This is old school. This is how they had to do it 2,000 years ago. Had to just listen to the Word of God, okay? Um, Jesus telling the parable, uh, and in this parable, he says, um, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come to you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom that was prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Stop right there. He's saying, come into heaven. Jesus saying, these are people coming to heaven. He goes, because you did this for me. And so they asked the question, then the righteous will answer him, ask him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick? or in prison and go to visit you, the king will reply, I, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Any sacrifice we do for our brothers and sisters, and by the way, I'm thinking more just the church here, we're going to get to something that talks about everybody, okay? But right now, the church, this group, Anytime you've gone out of your way, anytime you've taken yourself, your attention, your time, your material things, whatever, to help somebody, that is not forgotten. That sacrifice is worthwhile because God himself says, Jesus says, you did it for me. That was me you were doing that for. We can't sing, oh, how I love Jesus and not love him here. Impossible. But it's sacrifice, the way of sacrifice. And then in Matthew 6, 3 through 4, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, But when you give to the needy, anybody? Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it hurts. Let me say that again. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice unless it hurts. And that is why Jesus 
would praise people that we would look at what they give or what they do, we think, well, that's, you know, that's not like her shattering. For them it was. See, what's a sacrifice for me and what's a sacrifice for you may differ to a degree, but something had to hurt. Something had to cost us. And yet, I know this. Anything that I have ever done, anything that you have ever done, has never gone unnoticed by God. Maybe it goes unnoticed by people, but that's okay. That keeps our motives pure, right? But God Himself notices and God Himself remembers and God Himself rewards. So ultimately, any sacrifice for him is good stuff. Is it any wonder why Jesus said, where I am in this life of sacrifice, there my servant will be as well. That's the path of Jesus. That's the path of sacrifice. That is what we're called to do. Now you got the other two paths they're calling you. You always got, they're always there. I've been following the Lord for 42 years. And the path of the parasite is right there. And the path of boutique Christianity is right there. There are times I've started to walk those paths. But the voice of the master would call me back, sometimes painfully. You come back where I am, there, Sheridan, you need to be. So today, I want to challenge you in two ways. First of all, I want to inspire you to sacrifice of yourself. I want you to go to Mark, the 10th chapter. Mark 10. And there, in verse 41... James and John, sons of Zebedee, were trying to play politics here. They thought they'd get an inside job. You know, Jesus, give us your right hand and your left hand seat. Don't tell the other guys. We're your guys, all right? And uh, the ten heard about it. And they had a really hard time. Oh, you're trying to get the inside thing here, okay? And so it says in verse 41 of Mark 10, When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man did not come to be, ser to be served, but to serve. I keep hitting this. I hope. Is that okay? All right. Um, Jesus telling me, Sheridan, I want you to be where I am. Jesus telling you, you say, I'm a Christian? Okay, you've been called to be where he is. What did he say? Why did he come? He didn't come to be served. He didn't come for parasite reason or for boutique reasons. He came to serve. He came to pour himself out. And you know what, brothers and sisters? Here's where I want to inspire you. You have a great cloud of witnesses around you. 
people that come here with one goal in mind, and that is to praise God through service to you. I want you to think about that. Every morning while you're kind of getting together and you get to get here at 11 o'clock, there are two families that are here well over an hour ahead of time. The Ateros and Scamardellas. They're here to set up all of this stuff and the kids have to come too. It's not a convenient thing at all. I mean, if you're in for convenience, you definitely don't want to follow Jesus. Okay? You don't want to do that. God himself is not into convenience. God is into salvation and redemption. Alright? Neither of those are convenient. But they're here setting this up. And they also have a whole little posse with them. We've got Nick. We've got John. You know, Ramon comes. All these guys. Well, you know, right now those guys don't have families. Doesn't matter. Yeah. What they have is a heart that sees a need. And they understand. Tell you what. Lewis doesn't have time to set up everything. He's loading, unloading, he's setting up. John doesn't have time that. John's setting it up as well as getting everyone together for the worship thing. So you've got, and, you know, Sarah and Julie and with the kids doing that, and they're here getting that up. You're having breakfast. Taking your time, and that's okay. But I want you to imitate the Spirit. Yes, sir. Be where Jesus is. What is it that you do here? How do you serve? Well, I'm busy. Okay, you guys aren't busy. Can't believe it, you know. Lewis keeps tugboats from crashing in New York Bay and stuff, you know. John and Sarah are doing so many different things, teaching, coming back, taking care. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's just get, of course, the young guys, well, they don't need to sleep anyway, right? Boy, I hope that doesn't go through your mind. What about Sebastian and Thais? What about them? My goodness, you know, I'm thinking about getting them a suit of armor as kind of a trophy. Because they have had the unenviable task of every three months coming up and asking people here, will they teach? What about Carl? Carl has to be the bad guy. He has to go and try and get security for the kids as well as the contribution. But they do it, and they get pushed back, and they do all of that. This time, I think, with the teachers, I want to commend you. You know, Sebastian and Thais were doing cartwheels because everyone said yes. People started volunteering. It was awesome. But that's our children that are doing it. Yes. Well, they don't, they have so much going on. Oh my gosh, you have so much going on. So do they. Yeah. They got it. I think about those of you that teach. I'm so appreciative of all of you that teach our kids because God sees that. You know, I think about some of the people you would think, oh my gosh, you've got enough of a children's ministry under your roof. What would you teach, you know? Paul and Monique, Barbara. Five children. Five wonderful, glorious children. And yet they're teaching in the children's ministry. Wouldn't it be easy to say, man, we got five children. In fact, to tell you what, if they have another one, I'm going to ask the elders to make them a region of the New York City Church of Christ. Okay? But I love it! Why do they do that? Because where Jesus is, that's where they're going to be. Jesus came to serve. I think of the, 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 the four kid families. Lepofsky's here, three and a half, almost four. Uh, Patsakos there, you know, the Koromas. They have their own children's ministry, but what do you say? They're teaching. I could talk about so many more. I, you know, Hector and Eric, they go to Pennsylvania and work on a camp. You know? 
Hector doesn't even have grandchildren in that camp yet, but he's over there doing that. Eric's, Joey's going, but Eric says, look, I'll take some time, and Eric's been working all week. Just get up, go over. Over and over again, Joe and Kashan, you know, Ed and Millie here getting the communion together. I see Arthur back there always wanting to serve. Dave and Denise, man, I needed a Dave and Denise when I was a teen. I don't, I don't think they would have wanted me when I was a teen, but I needed them. But they served this. We don't pay them. But they're there. They're going into Solid Rock. They're Friday nights. Their house gets, you know, the potential of getting trashed or not. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, but you know why they did that? Because that's where Jesus is. Yes, sir. That's where he is. Over and over and over again. So many of you, I could keep going. Daniel and Wendy with the preteens. The rest. Guys, I just... Sacrifice. Sacrifice. It will take your time. It will take your energy. It will take your effort. And if there's no reason to do it, don't you dare do it. But if Jesus is saying, where I am, there my servant will be, then you know what? Front and center. Yeah. Do not wait for someone to ask you to do something. Say, hey, here am I. Send me. What can I do? We need people to lead small groups. We got some people that don't do that. We need people to get more active about wanting to share responsibilities. Why don't we give Sebastian Thais a quarter off? But who would step in? Why don't we give Carl a little time? Who would step in? All of a sudden, if you start saying, hey, everyone be responsible, what would happen? But you know what needs to happen? There needs to be an enthusiasm and excitement. You know why? All the things I just read. Because God himself knows. And God himself is pleased. And we are where our master is. So I want to inspire you to serve. If you don't even know what that means or what to do, don't worry. The fact you ask that question is awesome. And God will bless you. For Paul quoted what our master said, it is more blessed to give than to receive.